Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. This is Ashley and Tiffany, and we are so excited about our topic for today, which is why you need to fight for peace, though. We are very passionate about this topic, not just because we all have to cultivate and work at having a certain level of peace in our own lives, both in our minds, in our heart, in our soul. To be able to have peace is such a gift. It is something we need to fight for. But also, how do we cultivate peace in the world around us, especially in the days that we are living in? What does it mean? And we have MLK Weekend coming up this Sunday, I mean, sorry, this Monday. And so we also wanted to do a little ode to Martin Luther King Jr., who is a huge hero of both of us. Tiffany, is there anything you'd like to say about fighting for peace? Oh, girl, there is so much to say about fighting for peace. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I just have to say, Ashley, before we get started, let me just give you Let me just give you a reason why I need to fight for peace in my life. Mm. The other morning, it was the first day back after winter break for my oldest. And I thought you could drop off in the valet line up to 820. Well, good news that you found out only after. It's 815. (laughs) So we pull up. They've got these gates closed like it's Fort Knox. You can't even get in to drop your kid off. And I needed to be somewhere. And so I'm rushing, 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 rushing. And I, I kind of it pull back around the front of the school since I can't do the valley line because the school's apparently already started and I didn't realize. And I ask him to tuck and roll. And I said, I'll call the tardy line. I'm not even going in. Just tuck and roll. This is the parent <laughs> I am, people. This is who you're dealing with. So, and of course, he saunters ever so slowly to the front door. So I roll down my window. What does run mean to you? I said, run, boy, run. And so then he, I am running. He screams back. So he finally goes into the school. Ashley, seven seconds later, I get pulled over and given a ticket no. for a for a slow rolling stop to a stop sign <gasps> next to a school. Which, by the way, the five people in front of me also did not stop at that stop sign. Oh. Anyway, and I was oh on my, my way to gosh. somebody somewhere very important. Of that, course you were. Yeah, because that's what happens on the mornings when you actually oh have to be somewhere. Gosh. <laughs> like so important. Oh. Anyway. First of all, I'm jealous that you can even try to do a tuck and roll with your children. We have to like actually oh, walk you're them not, in. To of the course, door, I was supposed like, to walk them in. It was completely unacceptable that I did a tuck and roll. <laughs> are you kidding me? Completely unacceptable. Okay, good to know. No, they wouldn't. They, are you kidding me? <laughs> completely unacceptable. I literally told my kid to walk in the school. I'm like, you know where your classroom is. Figure it out. So good. Oh, so this idea of fighting for peace. Girl, mm-hmm. I am here for it, and I need it so mm-hmm. bad. Because mm-hmm. as you can imagine, by the time I arrived to where I needed to be, I had not one ounce of peace totally. to my name. Yes. And I needed it so bad, especially here. You ready for this? The reason I was showing up at a specific time to show up for somebody else in my life and be a support for them yeah. as they walked through a hard thing at an appointment they had, that's what yeah. I was going to. And I come up all haggard and mad and angry and wondering if I got pulled over because I was driving my husband's little sports car. You know, like I'm just, I'm I'm in a huffy, not able to be what I need 
to be to this other person who's probably going to be listening to this episode. So Tamara, I'm here for you, girl. I, I still came. We weren't late. But anyway. Uh, it's really it, hard, though. I feel like those are the moments that we get attacked the most is when yeah. you know that you need to show up for another person, when you know you need to be present and available <laughs> and a peaceful presence. Like that is often the time when everything goes wrong, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Also, note to self, just don't rush. Don't rush. You want to have peace, especially when children are involved. So don't true. rush them. Because they get worse. They get worse. <laughs> they get defiant. They do. I mean, I literally, we're already late for school, and he knows that he hates being mm-hmm. late. I hate being late. Yep. He hates it even more. I, I And he he walks almost backwards all the way to the front door of school, and I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm sure the people in the office are watching me out the window scream at my kid <laughs> as I don't walk in to check him in and sign a tardy slip. <laughs> I'm proud of you still. You're an amazing mother. That was the first day back to school. The first day. <laughs> well, that explains everything, you know? <laughs> no, I have PTSD every time I drop them off at school. <laughs> oh. oh, you know what? Just even better. Cherry on top. I saw that same police officer three other times that day. I cannot. No. In the same day. That's unacceptable. But you know how you see, you buy a green car, which why are you buying a green car? But let's say you bought a green car and then you start seeing other green cars. Yes, it, totally. I think it was that. And it was him. It was definitely him because he has his window. He had his window rolled down. Oh my gosh! Yes. Okay. Here's the thing. I just have to add one more thing to this. That morning, I was so desperate for peace. I was in the shower, paint, praying for peace for my friend and her situation, and praying that God would show up and that He would flood her soul with peace. As he's writing a ticket, I had it in my mind. I'm like, I'm so desperate for everyone to be praying for my friend right now. I almost asked him, sir, are you a man of faith? Would you be willing to lift would you be willing to lift up a prayer for my friend? She needs it real, real bad and we need all the help we can get. So I just ask, even if you're not, today's your day to lift up a That's lift up so a prayer amazing. to the heavenlies. And he probably would have thought you were lying to get out of your ticket or something. I even said I said, Sir, I'm going to some somewhere very important. Perhaps you would like to give me a also What happened to warnings? I have never been given a warning. I've only ever been given tickets. Listen, I mean, we could talk about race right here, but that's not what this podcast is about. You know that's what I was talking about. You know that's what I was talking about. Yes, and you know about all the warnings I have been given because you've heard about seven warrants out for my arrest. I just got a warning in New York driving for the first week. In all fairness, she was very, very kind to me. Um, It was a a black woman, and she gave me grace. So I think that's a little different than maybe getting pulled over by a white cop, potentially. Okay, he wasn't white. All white cops, but I'm just saying. Yeah, my (laughs) cop wasn't white, for the record. Tiffany, I'm sorry. Anyway. um, That's another podcast, listeners. And at some point this year, we will be talking about race. Oh, don't mess with us. You know we will. (laughs) You know we're good for it. Uh Uh-huh. Back to peace. Anyway, (laughs) so all that to say... I have been hunting for peace and it is, I was reminded this week that it is not stolen. It is yeah, cultivated. It's beautiful. And when it's cultivated, it always starts in the mind. It starts in the mind. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, I think it's a mind, body, soul combination pack yeah. that when it works together, it is a gift to oneself. <clears throat> And it's also a gift to everyone around us, our neighbors, our family, our friends. And it's in short supply. I think that when we have it, everything seems doable. Yeah. When you have that foundation of peace, and we're going to talk about where peace comes from, how we can cultivate it. But truly, when you have it, everything seems doable. Why? Because it isn't defined by your circumstance. Yeah. It isn't 
diminished or amplified by somebody else. It is truly a matter of the heart. But when it's practiced and when you have a rhythm of peace, then and only then can you find yourself as someone who can give it away. Yeah. And it really is what the Lord intends. So Ashley, talk a little bit about how we can cultivate that. Gosh, well, I mean, I think um, as a believer, and I know not everyone who listens is a believer, but what we believe is that when we become a believer, we receive the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And so the fruit of the Holy Spirit gives us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And so one of the fruits that we receive is peace. But you don't go from being an anxious, worried, concerned, stressed out person to suddenly being a person of peace just because you decided to be a believer in Christ. (laughs) That is actually exactly what you said. It must be cultivated. It is a gift that we receive and we have to cultivate it. So in the same way that we receive grace um, to overcome some of our weaknesses, to overcome, you know, our past or to overcome our fears or to overcome um, our addictions or whatever it is that we have, we can also receive peace in the same way, something that we can exercise. And so I think one of the first things we can do to cultivate peace in our lives is to recognize that it's an internal work. And getting things around you will not fix peace in your life. You know, like yes, getting amen. all the things you need, like having life work out perfectly is not what produces peace because that is actually not a reality. You're setting yourself up to fail if that's what you're going for. It is recognizing that it's an internal work, that you have to pursue peace, that it is one of those things where you go, listen, the environment is not perfect right now, but I can be a person of peace. God, you have given me the fruit of peace in my life. And so right now, even though I don't have everything I need, even though I don't have everything I want, even though everyone around me is acting crazy, even though nobody in this situation has peace, God, you have given it to me. And so I can rise in peace. And so I think recognizing it's an internal work is the first step. I think I want to add a little bit to what you said about everything you have won't fix the situation. I think so often when we feel anxious or depressed or we have the blues, whatever the case may be, the first thing we want to feel so badly is peace. So we will eat something indulgent or perhaps we'll shop, whatever your poison may be. We are so hungry for peace. We're Mm -hmm. so hungry for it. And we'll do anything to get it. Anything Mm -hmm. that looks like it, anything Mm -hmm. that tastes like it, anything that feels like it. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's a bad relationship that you keep going back to because it, it feels like a counterfeit peace, whatever the case may be. Truly, I think that our hunt for peace can lead us astray. And just as Ashley said, when we understand that's nothing that we will find in the exterior, it's only the interior. It's only something that can be cultivated as part of the fruit of the Spirit. And I love, like when you were talking, it reminded me of something, um, even I used to do this, you know, especially at the very beginning of my faith walk, I used to think that if I fixed other people, I would experience peace. Mm. And I did that as a way of avoiding fixing myself or allowing God to do a transformative work in me. So Mm. I thought to myself, like, man, if I could just serve this person or give give my whole self to this endeavor or my whole self to this person's life or my whole self to building this person's dream or making sure that they're okay or helping a person who's struggling, then it will give me some level of peace. And at first that's kind of true because you feel good about being able to help another person. But at the same time, it never fixes the brokenness on the inside of us. So fixing other people or trying to save other people or trying to please other people or trying to build other people's things, like those are noble endeavors and they're great, but we actually just don't have the capacity to do that. And it does not bring us peace. Like at the end of the day, we sleep with ourselves. Like when I put my head down on my pillow, it's me that I'm reckoning with, you know? Um, And so 
I think another um, thing that we have to work really hard at is working at dealing with our own heart and soul, the things that um, disrupt peace in our life, the things that are bringing us stress, the things that are bringing us anxiety so that we can experience peace. It doesn't come through another person either. You know, it doesn't come through situations and it doesn't come through another person. You know, peace is a gift that God gives us. And peace is a man, right, Ashley? Yeah, peace. I love that. And the, the best part really about peace, beautiful. when you do find it, you often find the character of Jesus in a yeah. way perhaps you didn't have before yeah. and understand before. Dr. King says, peace cannot be kept by force. It can only be achieved by understanding. There's so much we find about peace and how peace can be applied to our life when we choose to understand, when we choose to understand our situations, when we choose to understand how Jesus can play a role in our situation. And I think also how that peace can be applied to the people around us. Yeah, I really love that. You know, Walter Brueggemann, who's a great scholar, he says this. He talks very often about love of neighbor and about cultivating shalom. And how do we do that? Like, how do you see the image of God in every person that you meet? And how do you be a person of peace who can then cultivate peace in the world? And this is what he says. This is a quote. So love of God gets translated into love of vulnerable neighbors. And doing and the doing of justice in the prof- is the prophetic invitation to do what needs to be done to enable the poor and the disadvantaged and the neglected to participate in the resources and wealth of the community and injustice is the outcome of having skewed neighborly processes so some are put at a vulnerable disadvantage and the gospel invitation is that people intervene in that to correct those mistaken arrangements so I think about this world that we live in and I know I just I said a lot and unpacked a lot that's beautiful oh my goodness that was beautiful it's so good because he also talks about how the misfortune in the long history of the church is that we have separated the love of God from the love of neighbor but always they're held together in prophetic poetry and so thinking about this beautiful idea of part of what gives us internal peace you know after we fought for our own internal peace is cultivating peace around us and so that we can be a person who goes in and and auto corrects some of the disadvantages that are in our world people who go I have something that you don't have and I'm able to give it to you whether that's peace or resource or wealth and just sort of begin to um, level the playing field for people because some folks are at an extreme disadvantage and so their lack of peace is very very real Um, and I think about even in our building that we live in and Tiffany is aware of some of this stuff and I'm going to be talking about that um you know, on social media and on my blog. But we live in this building um, where when we first moved in, we were, we did not have access to gas for close to 75 days. So for two and a half months, we had no gas in our apartment. And no matter what we did, we went to the city, we went to our management company, we talked to the super, like every single week and almost daily, we were fighting to get our gas turned on. I was pregnant at the time. I couldn't cook meals. I had to do so much. We had to purchase most of our food, like takeout, and we couldn't cook. We couldn't do anything that we needed to do for the time and season that we were living in. And then still to this day, um, at least once a month, we have no hot water in our building. Sometimes we have our babies in the bathtub and literally rust starts pouring out of the bath oh my and then we don't have heat at least once a week and so obviously Oof. we live in New York City like you know it can get down so freezing cold in the so 20s cold. and the 30s and so I say all that to say not because I want anybody to feel sorry for us we are handling our business we are advocating for mm-hmm. our neighbors like we're getting some stuff done but at the same time what I'm talking about here is that we don't even understand the levels 
of stuff that people are dealing with. And That's think right. about how that disrupts a person's peace. And then you think about kids who are going to school yeah. who have been up all night because they're cold. And you think about parents who are going to work who are tired because their babies have been up all night, you know? Um, and just the, the constant stress of not having basic needs mess, met, met um, disrupts peace. And so yeah. for us, I want to be the kind of person who can have peace in the situation that I'm in because so much of it is completely out of my control. But then also, how can I bring peace to people by fighting for justice? And I think that that's so much of the work of Dr. Martin Luther King and many of those who surrounded him throughout the entire civil rights movement is is just that thing. Like, I don't have peace <laughs> because there's no justice. So no justice, no peace, you know? Um, and I think Amen. we need to be thinking about all these things. <laughs> Absolutely. And what you, listener feel and desire the peace you long for the woman across town who is living in motel six with her two kids also deserves that peace she also deserves that justice she also deserves that wholeness and so i I love that you said you can't have one without the other we long for peace for ourselves and may we always fight for peace for our neighbors and there really is a myriad of ways you can do that. And we really encourage you fight for peace. And in the show notes, we can have some resources even from our own blogs and um, even just some speeches by Dr. King in the book that Ashley quoted. We can have that for you as well as maybe Ashley, we could put some resources where we can fight for peace for others in this time, in this day, in this age, in this January, what can we do to help fight for peace? Because at the end of our days, wouldn't it be beautiful if we were remembered for having a peaceful spirit? Yeah. Whether you're a wife or a mama, worker, uh, you know, whatever your role may be, yeah. having a peaceful demeanor, a peaceful spirit. And not only that, but you made a way for others to experience that same peace. Yes. Ashley, why don't you share a little bit about, um, earlier you shared with me a passage that really spoke to you. Mm-hmm that really exemplified the peace of Jesus. Yes, I love this. Um, From Matthew, it's chapter 20, starting in verse 25, and it says this, Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so I was thinking about, this was all in the context of what I just shared about what I'm dealing with in my apartment. Um, and thinking about like, how do we do this? Like, how do we love our neighbor? And how do we take action in the situation that we're in? How do we begin to care for things um, that don't necessarily affect us, <laughs> you know? Um, and I was thinking about how even something like governmental policy breaking down to a person who then cannot get access to the resources they need to even get their heat or their hot water turned on. Like, are yeah. you kidding me? And so Jesus talks about this idea of leadership and how some people use it as a power tool. Like some people use leadership for their own self-interest and some people use their power to vote or their power to, um, to lead in order to feed their own self-interest, to make sure that me and mine are taken care of. And in this passage of scripture, Jesus says, not so with you. <laughs> not yeah. so with you. Instead of who, whoever wants to become great among you must become your servant. And whoever wants to be first must become your slave. And then it talks about Jesus, this God who became a man, 
came to walk the earth so that he could serve. Even though he had all power, he had all authority. He could have done anything with that. He could have told us to get our butts in line. He could have commanded it and all of heaven's angels armies would have come to do his bidding, but he never once did that. He said, instead, I come to serve you. I come to give you free will to choose whether or not you will love me and I will still give my, my life as a ransom for many. And I think that is actually the job of the believer. Not so with you. We are here to serve all people. We are here to see people as made in the image of God and not just see other people made in the image of God, but see ourselves as made in yeah. the image of God. So maybe you are like, hey, I can't even get to love of neighbor because I don't even love myself. Then that's the beautiful journey that you're on to cultivate peace with God because you are loved and you are created in his image. You are made like God. And so we are created to be able to do this, to serve him. And serving God actually brings peace because the more you serve and know him, the more you become like him. <laughs> and he yeah. is the Prince of Peace. <laughs> Absolutely. And the Prince of Peace sees each and every one of us as deserving of peace, a yes. peace that surpasses all understanding. Ephesians yes. 3 talks about that peace that no matter what you're going through, Come on. it can surpass that because our understanding can sometimes be devastating when we really know what's going on and just the real raw way life can smack us in the face yeah. but to know that there's peace throughout that that's what we need most yes, that's what on. we need most yes. um when i was thinking about this idea of why we need to fight for peace and i thought of dr king when he was in a birmingham jail after a non-violent protest and he wrote a letter to his supporters yeah. explaining why he was there and when i think about this he, you know, he only had a toothbrush, <laughs> mm -hmm. and I believe it was a dime to make a call. And uh, you think about this man who willingly, willingly knew he was going to be jailed for peace, for peace. And this idea of fighting for peace means you often have to engage in the most chaotic of times mm. to have peace. Mm. You know, you want the peace, this is very practical, but you want the peace of heat and gas in your home. I'm just using this as an example. Absolutely, go ahead. So you gotta fight your landlord yes. and the powers that be to get that. And yep. I think sometimes we just wonder if we have energy for the fight, but truly peace is so worth it. Peace yes, it is, is always worth it. Yes, it is. Peace is always worth the fight. So. I encourage you, peace for your family, yeah. peace for your own soul, yeah. peace for your community. It is worth the fight because as you long for peace, the the 17-year-old kid in foster care deserves peace. Come on. The single mama deserves peace. Yes. The blended family across town deserves yes. peace. The, the sweet old ladies in your church deserve peace. Yes. We are deserving of peace. And, you know, when we think of what we long for when we're children. I think of, you know, my son, he has been asked, if you were president, what would you want, right? Because mm. he comes home with all these, especially during election time. It was like, if you were running for president, what would you run on? And of that. course, every kid's answer was peace, world peace. Mm. <laughs> world peace, like that's all we really want. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, it was that and cupcakes every day. Of it course, was a combination, yes. which I was like, uh, <laughs> yes, sign me up. You have my vote, Jericho Lincoln Bloom. Yeah. You have my vote. Mine too. <laughs> you know, and um, I think you do a great job. I'm just saying. Actually, you, yes. you know what? I have to tell you something funny. When he realized that he could never run for president because he right. isn't native born, it was he was devastated, people. I'm, I'm sure not going to lie. And I went through the same thing. I went through the same thing at his yeah. age. I was like, I'm so sorry. What? I can't run the free world? <laughs> <laughs> what? Can 
only be governor or senator. You're like, what? <clears throat> Which you should do both of those things, by the way. Oh, you have no idea how devastated I was to find <laughs> out I couldn't be president at the ripe age of seven years old. I was... <laughs> You think I'm joking. I am not. No, I, I know that you're not joking. <laughs> okay. Just want to make sure you're taking me seriously. Oh, I'm dead serious. Yes. I also uh, I love what you're sharing, Tiff. I know I know we're wrapping up here in a minute, but I just, um, what you're sharing is so important because peace has a cost. Yeah. And so whether it's personal peace, um, and maybe you have to give up social media or as much social media as you're engaging in because it gives you FOMO. Or maybe instead of, you know, binge watching some shows, you might have to actually study how to become a person at peace. Mm-hmm. Or whether it's, you know, um, choosing to remain in the fight for justice because that yeah. will bring peace not just to you but to people that you love or people that you don't even know but who God would call your neighbor. I think that remembering peace has a cost can help you stay in the fight. It's like, yes, this yeah. is going to cost me something, but it's going to cost me the right things. Just like when you work out and, and you're building muscle, it costs you something. Like it's not easy. It's painful. But at the same time, yeah. that's true for peace. When it's the right kind of work, it still feels good. You know, so mm-hmm. it's worth the fight. It's worth the cost. It is worth every sacrifice for us to be people of peace. And it is our inheritance. In a world where there is no peace, it's like, that's my inheritance. Peace is my inheritance, not just for me, but for the world I live in, for the neighborhood I live in, for the people that I love. Peace is our inheritance. Amen. So well said. Hey, Tiffany here. Just want to let you know that today's episode was inspired by my upcoming book, She Dreams, Live the Life You Were Created For. It is available everywhere books are sold February 5th, but don't wait till then. You can pre-order today at shedreamsbook.com and that link will be in the show notes. Would love to have you pre-order and there's a little gift for you if you do. Bless you. Bye-bye. Hey listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.